What's happening, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports, and we've got a fun show planned ahead. We're going to be talking about college football playoff scenarios now with Oregon being eliminated, and Eric has got a rant this episode. Stay tuned for that. I know it's going to be an, an emotional rant, so you're going to enjoy it. But we do. I, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Eric, Eric's going to be like, angry. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a true rant. This is going to be from the heart, I feel like. I'm excited to hear about it, even though I don't like, even though I'm not going to like the subject, I'm going to be excited to listen to the the rant he's got planned. But we do want to talk about Subvember a little bit, and we've got some shout outs before we start. So Subvember count, as Connor's going to pull it up on the screen here, Eric is still in first place with 31 I'm in second with 16. Nate is in third with six. And Connor is still in last with one. So that's the Subvember standings after this week. And we do want to shout out once again Aaron Swarm from Something Like a Podcast. Uh, they're on YouTube. You, We really would like for you guys to go subscribe to them and like their stuff. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, and you can also follow his co-host on Twitter, the one REM. Uh, they're the two of them. They're a great duo. I really like listening to their episodes. They put out an episode once a week, usually on Friday nights, though sometimes on Saturdays. And their episodes are cool because they talk mainly the last couple episodes I've listened to. They've talked about NBA stuff the first half of the episode, but then the second half of the episode they talk about different stuff in life and relationships and the last one they talked about living in a matrix um they talked about the dc movies a little bit like they like they'll talk about anything and everything so go listen to them they're called something like a podcast and they've been huge fans of the show uh for the past couple weeks with promoting our stuff and we really appreciate that so thank you to aaron and let's get started with today's episode so this weekend in college was uh, was an interesting one. A lot of the favorites did end up winning, but the big upset that happened was obviously Arizona State beating Oregon. And I had high hopes for Oregon. I like the last episode. I talked about Oregon being, in my opinion, the front runner to get in that fourth playoff spot. But obviously, they're now eliminated having a second loss. So the, it, the door opens up to a couple different teams. I think Alabama improved their, improved their playoff chances, but now Utah's got a better chance, and or at least they're going to move up in the rankings. And then Oklahoma, I think, benefits a lot too. But there's still some teams that control their own fate. So we're all in agreement that Georgia, if they win out, that they're going to make the playoff. They control their own destiny. But I don't give Georgia a good shot of beating LSU. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that's realistic? Or I, I would give it like 20% chance of them beating LSU. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, as big into the college football stuff as you guys are. But I have watched Georgia a little bit this year. And they're definitely a good team. But LSU just, to me, has been by far the best team. They've got great quality wins. They've looked unbeatable at times. Like I don't, I just don't see Georgia beating them, honestly. 
I mean, <clears throat> unless Jake Fromm shows up in a way that we haven't seen him show up. Because Georgia's not going to have problems on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be the offense that's going to need to put up the points against LSU. So, I mean, if Jake Fromm can step up and maybe finally live up to the potential that everybody thought he was going to have, then yeah, maybe. But I, I'm in agreement that LSU should win that game. It would shock me if Georgia won. Yeah, that's that's the thing is this Georgia team is so one-dimensional on offense. They're such a DeAndre Swift uh, running attack team. And Georgia's defense is fun to watch. They are really good defense. So watching LSU's offense versus Georgia's defense is going to be is going to be a great thing to watch. I like I can't wait to watch that matchup. So I mean cuz that's going to be strength on strength. Uh, LSU's got the number one offense in college football. So even with Georgia's great defense, I just think over the pace of the game and over over time LSU's going to find a way to score I think at least 30 and Georgia is going to have hard time scoring on LSU. LSU's got a good defense. They do have some key injuries on that defensive front, but I still like LSU in that one. I think they'll win it just fine. But Georgia does have a shot there. And then the other team that's got a shot, Minnesota, and even though they've got one loss, if they are able to beat Wisconsin this week and go into the Big Ten Championship and beat Ohio State, I think that's just too strong of a case to not put them in the playoff in that situation, assuming Georgia loses, uh, because that's got to happen first for them. But if they beat Ohio State, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any way that they don't get in the playoff because that's a, that's a huge, that's going to be a better win than any win that Alabama or Oregon or Utah or Oklahoma is going to have. It would uh, possibly be the biggest win of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, other than LSU beating Alabama, I mean, but even then, I think Minnesota beating Ohio State would be, like, the biggest win for anybody in the season. Yeah, and then that's going to create a whole different thing because we still think – we think Ohio State is in that same spot as LSU where they can afford to lose and still make the playoff, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't see – as long as Ohio State beats Michigan next week, I don't see any – reason to believe that if Minnesota beat Ohio State that Ohio State falls out I mean they'd still be a 12 and one team so Mm -hmm. at that point it's just going to come down to like determining the order of the one through four because that'll be more of a debate if uh if Ohio State loses that I yeah I think in, in in my mind if Ohio State loses that game it would still be LSU one obviously Clemson two but I would think you'd still put Ohio State at number three, like tentatively. I'm not sure. Just because Minnesota's having to make a big jump to get up there. So that's why I think Ohio State would still be number three if that yeah. happened. I, I think also it's going to depend on how that game goes. I think if Minnesota gets a real tight win, I agree mm-hmm. with you. But if Minnesota like thoroughly outplays Ohio State, I think they've got to move up to number three. Yeah. Um, so it's going to just depend, I think, on the style of win. But if it was just a close win for Minnesota, I agree with you there. And then so now let's talk about Utah versus Alabama, because that's assuming, you know, Minnesota and Georgia both lose. Then I think it falls down to those two teams. And I've got one feeling about this. And I know a couple weeks ago I was like, 
on the Alabama like you know hate train going on. But if they obviously it's dependent on them beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl. But if they win that, I think they've I think that win against Auburn is going to be more impressive of a win. I know that it's going to be a conference championship and all, but if you look at the opponent, I think Auburn be, having a win at Auburn is going to be more impressive than a neutral site win against Oregon, just because Oregon stumbled last week against Arizona State. I mean, that's that's unacceptable for them. So in my mind, and also right now to keep in mind, Alabama is still ranked above Utah in the uh, in the AP poll. I assume that's going to be the case in the college football playoff poll. To leapfrog a team like that, with two pretty similar wins, and I actually give the edge to Alabama in this case. I think that they're going to have to keep Alabama in the playoff, but Connor, you feel differently on that. Yeah, this is where uh, this is where Zach and I differ. I mean, I think that you're right. I mean, Alabama's above Utah in the AP. Like Alabama's five, Utah's six. I'm assuming that's probably how it's going to be when we go into it. But I mean, I know. <clears throat> Somewhat in the past, the selection committee has been a bit, I don't know if you want to say, like, they haven't valued conference championships as much as I think they should have. And I know there's been a lot of talk, like, and a lot of backlash against that. There's been a lot of people that have been like, how can you not value this conference championship over, you know, some, like, I think it was, there was the first, the incident with Penn State, where Ohio State got in over Penn State, despite the fact that Penn State beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten Championship. That was that was completely unacceptable. I don't know how you can, like, not just the fact that Penn State won the conference title, but the fact they also beat Ohio State, and somehow Ohio State gets the spot is unacceptable. But then the year after that, when they were trying to decide between Alabama and Ohio State, and I think it was, didn't, that was the year Georgia won the SEC Championship, but then... And Ohio State won the Big Ten, but they still put Alabama in ahead of Ohio State. So I think due to the fact that they've had all this backlash against that, I think that that conference championship for Utah is going to really is what is going to put them over the edge. I do agree that I or I think that if Utah wants is going to get that spot, they are going to have to beat Oregon pretty convincingly. Like it's not going to have to be they won on a last second field goal or just won by a touchdown. I think they're going to have to win that game by at least two scores if they want, you know, the college football playoff selection committee to look at them seriously compared to Alabama. So I definitely think there's more of a chance than what Zach is thinking for Utah to get in. Yeah, it's, I I do think the, that is a possibility if Utah were to just absolutely dominate Oregon and Alabama squeaks out a win. Yeah, that's definitely going to make it a lot closer. But I don't know. I I just think that Utah, they haven't really inspired me this season with their schedule. I mean, they like their loss was to USC, who's ranked right now, but they're still not a great team. And they really haven't played anybody on their schedule to this point. So... Well, or, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, like, well, to be fair, too, like Alabama's schedule is also not very inspiring. I mean, they're if yeah, they beat but, if if they beat Auburn, that'd be their only win over a ranked team. 
that is true. But when you look at their losses, then, you know, usually you like, to, right. True. You know, true. they've got the better loss. Uh, right. But, to, LSU, to LSU. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. And then Oklahoma's still around here because they're a one loss team. But to me, these last three weeks, even though they've won two of the last three weeks for Oklahoma, they just don't, they're just not inspiring. Their defense is giving up way too many points. That's always been the problem with Oklahoma is their defense gives up way too many points and their offense hasn't even been uh, scoring 60 points or whatever, like they were scoring in the first couple of weeks. So I, you know, Oklahoma, they're winning, but they're winning by the skin of their teeth against average team. So, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost either to Oklahoma State or to Baylor in their next two weeks. I wouldn't be shocked. But even if they do, they, they're going to have to win convincingly also like Utah, mm-hmm. uh, I think, to, to get a shot. But they're on the outside looking in. And well, at, le- at least for you know Oklahoma's sake compared to Utah is that you know they're playing two good teams. Because like Utah yeah. is ending, ending the year against Colorado, which is horrible. So, but at least Oklahoma has the case that if they went out, okay, we beat Oklahoma State at well, it's a neutral site, isn't it? They, when they play Oklahoma State, or is it at Oklahoma State? I want to say it's at Oklahoma State. Okay, so like or they go, a, yeah, that's yeah, what so it they go. Right, right. I'm, I just, I'm just not sure yeah. if it's a neutral site or not. But if it's not, then yeah, you go at Oklahoma State and beat them, and then you go and beat Baylor, who's also a top 15 team. Like that's a that's a much better case than what Utah has beating Colorado and then if they were to beat Oregon. Yeah, I I agree. Still, it, it's going to be how they win those games. They're going to have to win one of these games, you know, where they've already mm-hmm. won the game by the third quarter. They can't right. be winning these games on the last drive. Yeah. I mean, I know it's it's great that they won, but still, like for a playoff committee to pick you as a top fourteen, you've already got a loss. It's hard to. And you don't play in a great conference either. That's not a great conference. Yeah. I mean, you got Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, and that's it. I mean, Kansas State was a bit – everybody got a bit jumpy on ranking them after they beat uh, Oklahoma. And then kind of the same – even though Texas didn't beat Oklahoma, everybody got kind of jumpy on ranking them too. So I will say yeah. if, I'm the, if I'm the college football playoff committee, the best thing for them <laughs> – would be for just all the teams that are currently in the top four to win out because then there wouldn't really be any controversy on who the four teams should be. But I mean, let's say like Georgia doesn't beat LSU and then like Alabama beats Auburn and then Utah beats Oregon and then Oklahoma wins their conference championship. They're going to have a much tougher time figuring out who they're going to put in there and regardless of like who they pick and who they don't pick, there's going to be a controversy. I mean, there, cause just like how like y'all are having this debate right now, there's going to be like, if they pick Utah to get in over Alabama, of course, then all the Alabama fans are going to be, you know, pissed off. And then if, but if they pick Alabama and then they devalue the conference championship for Utah again, then people are going to be mad about that. So it's like, they just need Georgia to win out and everybody else in the top four win. That that way they can just avoid the controversy because well they, they, they've definitely been, as Connor said earlier, I mean, they've definitely been under fire a lot for some of their previous decisions. And 
how sometimes teams leapfrog teams and then other times they don't like it definitely has been inconsistent so this is why we need an expansion (laughs) i mean well here if if i'm gonna interject uh eric i want to say like i agree with you about the controversy but i think they like that honestly i think they want a controversy i mean that brings attention and stuff to their to the sport like i mean it brings it brings attention but then you know for the people that have to like make the decision like then that you know then there's going to be heat on them regardless like if i'm like on the committee picking the team like i wouldn't want people coming at me like you know what i mean i would i mean i, I definitely understand what you're saying i, I don't like disagree yeah, with that. like it, it's good for college football and it's yeah. good for college football in general for there to be that because of the attention it'll get because any attention is good attention really nowadays but but I mean, I've said earlier in a couple episodes, like that, I felt like Alabama still had a chance, and obviously, I would, I hate them, so I would prefer for them to not get in. But <laughs> just every week with like another team that's, you know, like in the top, you know, top eight or better, like losing, like it's giving, you know, first Penn State lost, and then now Oregon lost, and it's like, you know, that this is just allowing. Alabama even more of an opportunity to you know get in and I don't know I mean it worries me because I just I, I'm really sick of Alabama so. <laughs> I'd really like for them to not get in but I I, just, I keep worrying that they're going to you know because let's say then Georgia doesn't beat LSU like Alabama probably leapfrogs over them and if Utah loses to Oregon like that's just like giving Alabama every opportunity to get in I mean and unfortunately for Utah too like I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything here, but, you know, but, but I mean, honestly, like, I mean, let's think about it, you know, let's just for a second disregard, disregard like quality wins or bad quality losses or like just disregard all that for a second. If you're like the play, if you're the playoff committee, who would you, realistically rather be in in the top four alabama or utah well, they're they're they're, they're going to pick alabama alabama they, they've course. got that bias alabama of course i mean that, so that that's another reason why like i've always worried that like you know alabama still has a chance to get in now, like obviously if they lose to auburn they got no chance or if georgia beats lsu then they have no chance but but assuming they beat auburn and assuming georgia loses to lsu I almost don't see how Alabama doesn't get in at this point, regardless of whether Utah wins the Pac-12 or whether Oklahoma wins their conference. Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know two was hurt or whatever, but like, there's just all you know. Alabama's gotten in the college football playoff twice when they didn't even win their conference championship in the last few years. So, to think that a team like Utah is going to be able to knock them out, like, like unless they be Oregon like 44 to 7 or something like I just don't I don't see Utah being able to get in unfortunately like yeah unless well, Alabama, I mean, unless unless Alabama loses to Auburn or if Georgia well, beats LSU that's the only reason why well one one team that I think could actually kind of get over that sort of Alabama name recognition bias is Oklahoma because Oklahoma has been in the college football playoff almost every year too so maybe I think if there's one team out there that can 
semi get over that would be Oklahoma. I agree that Utah wouldn't be able to get over that, but I think Oklahoma could get over that because Oklahoma's I, another really well known. You know, yeah, been been in the playoff a bunch of but times. The thing with Oklahoma is also like they've been in the playoff a bunch of times, but they've never won a playoff game. So. True. Like, is the committee going to want to keep sending that? I think they're going to need higher standards for them and Notre Dame to send them into the playoffs when they've well, never won, Notre at least Dame Alabama's. Needs, Notre yeah. Dame needs to join a conference. Like, they, <laughs> they need to, you know, quit being independent. They just need to join the ACC because, the you know, they're hurting themselves by being independent. They're not getting the schedule. Well, last like, year, I think they helped themselves because they – they had such an easy schedule and they went undefeated. Like and right, were, right. Like it helped them last year, but yeah, if yeah, they, 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 they lose, yeah, if they lose one game, they're out. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they need to join a conference. They need to join the ACC. So that way, even if they were to lose one game like that, at least you still have the chance to like go to the conference championship game or whatever. Whereas you know, like you guys said, if they lose one game, they're done. Like it doesn't unless they were to lose that one game to like Alabama. They're done. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting talking about. I know next week when we come back, we'll uh, it'll probably be a whole. We'll know a lot more. The picture will be a little bit more clear. But yeah, uh, yeah. And if you're watching, if you're watching this, you know, like leave a comment. I mean, let us know. Like, do you think Alabama? I mean, obviously we have to have all the games play out. But you know, as of right now, like, do you think Alabama or Utah or Oregon or Georgia, like, which one of those four do you think is getting that four spot? You know, like, let us know what you think. I mean, it's, it's well, a very interesting topic. <laughs> I'm not going back on my lock. I'm keeping my lock that Alabama's not making it, so. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, Please be right, Connor. Please be right. <laughs> uh, moving on now from the college football talk, we'll go to the NFL side of things. And we'll start out with a rant by Eric. I'll just let I'll just let you start your rant, Eric. I just gotta go ahead and get this over with. I mean, if you if you know me or if you you know if you've listened to our episodes, you could probably guess what this is going to be about. But as y'all probably know, I am a fan, and Zach is as well, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I am just beyond frustrated with the team at this point i mean i'm usually more patient than most people like most people like as soon as the team like loses a game they should win or something they're like fire everyone and everybody gets all like ruffled up over it (laughs) just look at just look at steelers fans steelers fans do that all the time yeah yeah, that's what i always say yeah i mean the steelers Steelers lose (laughs) in the afc championship game and they want mike tomlin fired and you know what i mean but like i try to be like more level-headed and say like hey guys calm down like it's a process it takes time and you know i try to be as patient even when Gus Bradley was our coach I mean I was even more lenient with him than most people were but like I'm at the point with the Jaguars right now where I'm just like fire everyone man I know Zach you made your Twitter name (laughs) just a couple hours ago but like but but I'm I'm serious though man like it's time for the Jaguars to make some changes like Doug Marone has got to go Todd Wash has got to go I know our offensive coordinator, this is his first year, but in my opinion, he's got to go too. like, 
mm-hmm. and a lot of the players are going to need to go. I mean, they just need to overhaul this thing and just start over, man. I mean, we had a great run in 2017, almost getting to the Super Bowl, but that even though that was only a couple of years ago, like these last two seasons have just been so bad that that feels like forever ago at this point. And what's gotten me to my breaking point is that we've had three divisional games in a row and we've lost all of them in humiliating fashion. And if you look like on paper going into the season, I mean, the Jaguars had every possible advantage. I mean, Jadavion Clowney gets traded away from the Texans and Lamar Miller gets injured out for the season. Andrew Luck retires. We had every possible advantage going into the season. But yeah, Taylor the one gets suspended from the tight. That was probably the only one they capitalized on because we beat him in week three. But I mean, but this has just been embarrassing, dude. I mean, the Colts had two, not one, but two hundred yard rushers in the same game against us. Two two. Yeah, two hundred yard rushers. <laughs> That's a MLB the show reference. Um, <laughs> anybody who was wondering why Connor and I said that. But anyway, Colts had two one hundred yard rushers against us. The game against the Titans today, the score was seven to three at half. You would think, oh, Jaguars, they got a chance at this. They're in this game. Five minutes into the third quarter, it went from seven to three to thirty-five to three. Okay, that's ridiculous, dude. That is so unacceptable on so many levels. I feel like the Jaguars. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in their locker room at halftime because I swear they make like no adjustments. It's like they just go in there and they're just like, all right, guys. I know the first half we got three points. Uh, nothing's really working out there, but uh, let's just go out there and do the same thing. We'll get it. We'll get it. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's this team is just so frustrating to watch. Like, we're so uninspiring on offense right now. We're barely doing anything on offense. Teams are just carving us up on the ground, especially. It's like guys don't know how to tackle, and then. I guess another thing I wanted to go into too, like I'm like, I'm like I'm just out of breath, I'm so worked up. Like <laughs> this is just great. I dude, I mean, Zach and I were talking about this earlier, and Connor was uh, listening in in the Skype call before we started recording, and like, I mean, just some of the moves that we have made as a team, I mean, have just baffled me. I mean. Re- giving Blake Bortles a three-year extension after we got to the AFC Championship game was so dumb because I wasn't necessarily mad at them re-signing him because he did get us to the AFC Championship game, but everybody knew he was not a great quarterback. They should have just given him like a one-year prove-it deal or something because the Nats hurt our salary cap going forward. I did not like the move a couple of years ago after Allen Robinson tore his ACL when we let him walk, and instead we re-signed Marquise Lee and brought in Dante Moncrief, Dante Lamequeef, who sucks. <laughs> I, mean, I can I, I can attest to that watching yeah, him play for Connor, Pittsburgh. Hunter, as a Steelers fan, knows about him. I mean, he didn't even finish the season on the Steelers roster. They already cut him. I mean, they cut him after like week three. We get the Jaguars gave that man nine million dollars. Okay, explain how that makes any sense. 
We bring in Andrew Norwell, who's on a ridiculous salary, who has been a complete bum on the offensive line. I mean, and we just, we have so many overpaid players. Like, honestly, you would think, like, with our record that we have, you would think, like, okay, you know, the Jags, like, they're rebuilding, like, you know, they've got some salary cap. Honestly, our salary cap situation right now is not very good. It really isn't. I mean, we'll have a little more room next year because they'll be done with the Blake Bortles contract. But we have so many high salaries on this roster that even if we let them go, we're still going to pay a penalty for their salary. We're not going to have as much cap room as I think a lot of people think we have. Because I like when I see on the Internet, people are like, oh, you know, just get rid of Norwell and Linder and Darius and Boye, and we'll have so much room. Well, it's not necessarily the case. Like, a couple of them probably don't have any dead money, but, like, Andrew Norwell, I know we're not we're not going to be home free on that one. Nick Foles, we just signed a four-year, $88 million deal. Like, whether we trade him or if they cut him or whatever, like, we're still going to be on the books for his salary, whether we keep him or not. Like, we're not in a very good position. <laughs> and... I don't – and then with, like, the Jalen Ramsey thing, like, he was a bit of a, you know, prima donna and drama queen or whatever, but, like, he is a premium player at his position, and they should have been able to do, you know, whatever they, you know, needed to do to, like, try to keep him happy. But I get – from everything I've heard, Tom Coughlin pissed him off, and that's why he wanted out of here so bad. I mean, you've got a player who is arguably a top-five player at his position, and he's pissed off so i mean we got a great return for him but i blame i I blame management for all this i i don't like our management i don't like our coaches we make we make no adjustments during the game we make terrible free agent decisions you know and then like on the opposite end like our bet like one of our best players yannick Ngakwe, who has the second most sacks in franchise history they haven't been able to lock him up to a long-term deal and as far as i know like they're not even really trying i'm like this guy's been one of our best players <laughs> why, why aren't you keeping him like he's playing for pennies on the dollar dude like oh i know honestly <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't just sit out this season honestly because i know he held out earlier like he's like at a high premium for his position and he's making like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that which for a you know, for a perennial edge rusher who gets a lot of sacks and a lot of QB pressures, like, that is a low number. Like, he is criminally underpaid. And now, with him going to be a free agent next year, some team is going to probably offer him way more money than what the Jaguars are going to offer him, and he'll probably be gone. So it's like, we can't even keep our best players. Like, Allen Robinson wanted out. Jalen Ramsey wanted out. Yannick Ngakwe is probably going to be gone. You know, three of the best players that Dave Caldwell drafted, but then no, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sign Andrew. We're gonna bring in Dante Moncrief for nine million dollars. We're gonna re-sign Marquise Lee to a four-year deal who hasn't played a full season in his career. We're gonna you know draft a running back fourth overall instead of drafting a quarterback when Blake Bortles was our quarterback and Chad Heaney were our quarterbacks at the time, like. This team is so frustrating, man. Like, I, I could rant about this for hours, dude. Like, I am so frustrated with this team. I know I've said a lot. Um, Zach, obviously, you're the other Jags fan on the panel. Like, do you have anything to add to this or anything you agree with, disagree with? Like, I got a, 
I'm going to go get some water. Okay. <laughs> I, I share your frustration, Eric. Uh, definitely. They need to fire uh, Marone and Walsh. Um, oh, wait. Sorry to, sorry to cut you off. One other, one other last thing yeah. real quick. I am praying to the football gods that I go to bed tonight. And when I wake up tomorrow morning, that there is news that someone on the Jaguars has been fired. I don't care if it's Marone, <laughs> Wash, Filippo, Coughlin. Coughlin. See, I, I, don't I don't mind care. Flip, actually. Flip can stay because he had a thing going with Minshew. Like, him and Minshew had some success. So if they keep Flip, I'm not going to be too – because it's his first year. I mean, he's been, he hasn't been terrible, but him and Minshew actually started. No, to play, but so. lately our our play calling has been bad. He would be like the last one I would want to get fired out of those four. But I want to wake up in the morning and someone be gone. Like Walsh, Walsh needs to go. I think just please, like football. I think gods, that's the most please. realistic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Walsh would be the best bet. But just football gods, please grant me this request, please. If you're up there, yeah. okay. So, so, so I'll I'll, take that you can go eat water. I forgot I wanted to make that point before I turned it over, so I'll give it back to you, Zach. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I agree with a lot of what Eric said. Um, But to me, from watching this team the past past couple years, even the year that they went on that big run into the playoffs, they're just totally undisciplined. And it makes no sense because in – the Jaguars have kind of had both philosophies at this, and it's never, it just hasn't worked in their past 10 years or so, where they had the Gus Bradley era, where it was, uh, you know, good job, guys, good job, guys, even though you, you know... Rex Ryan style. It, yeah, like, it was just totally, like, you know, just clap, just coach clap, you know, just, just, just so positive, and yeah, yeah, you can play ping pong, you can do this, you can slack off, you know, like... They just totally you didn't give a this, shit. Man. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so you go from that, and they were still totally undisciplined, which you can get why. Okay, yeah, you're not holding your players accountable. They're gonna get personal fouls. You can you can draw a correlation. But then oh, yeah. you bring in Marone and you bring in Tom Coughlin, and definitely Tom Coughlin is known for his disciplinarian perspective. I mean, he's he doesn't care at all. He gets fined by the NFL for saying, like, players should be at voluntary workouts when they're voluntary. He got fined for saying that because they're completely voluntary uh, with the NFL PA mm-hmm. and everything. Like, But he's he said on camera that players, all our players should be here, which, yeah, they I, you would like for them all to be here. But, you know, the fact that they're voluntary, you can't say that. So it's stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's stuff like... Um, just the total, you know, it doesn't fit the era. These young guys and stuff, these young football players, they don't, they weren't brought up in this way of um, of discipline. And Tom Coughlin still got that old school approach of uh, like the five minute, if you're not five minutes early, you're late to everything. And the team just doesn't respond to that. You saw Ramsey quit on the team because of that. Uh, last year, the team just totally quit at the end of the season. Even though they started out like three and one or something, they just totally quit. And they, and they beat New England. Yeah, um, and I think that's what they're doing this year is they're just quitting. They're just giving up. They have the talent. It's obvious that they have the talent. It's just I think it's just totally poor leadership. They gotta they gotta find somebody new. 
because Marone, he's not – I don't know what Marone really brings to the table as a head coach. I wasn't a fan when he got hired because he was still part of the Bradley regime. I mean, he was one, he was a in-house hire. They brought him in as the interim, interim coach when Bradley was fired. He re-signed. And so while I definitely think they need to make changes sooner than later, I'm just afraid that they're not because Khan has had Jod Khan and his young ownership time as the Jaguars owner. He has not really shown that he's, you know, going to make big risks and big changes to the front office. They've had, they had, I think Gus Bradley on their staff a year too long. They had, I think they're going to have Marone on a year too long, and he side he ultimately sided with Coughlin when with the Ramsey versus Coughlin drama. He sided with Coughlin on that, so I hope he does, but I'm just afraid that he's going to, you know, not be as he's not going to make these wide sweeping changes. I, I certainly hope he does. I just don't know. I, I know what Doug Marone brings to the table. Bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever he um, wins, he gets to celebrate by eating that. It's just, <laughs> I mean, they need to get some. I, they need to get an offensive-minded coach that's adapted to the new era of football because they don't play. They got away with it in 2017 with that great defense, but offensively, like. They just don't play in this new style of play. Like, and if you're to try and be positive, like at least they got Minshew. Like, you know, he's like the only, the only hope on this <laughs> team. They've got good young players too, but I mean, the quarterback's the most important position. They, we think we got a quarterback. It's just time to regroup this coaching staff and uh, and put a put a better product out on the field. For the fans because that's that's the thing like it's it's affecting the the fans in the stands because last year uh the first couple months of the season i mean they were selling out games that patriots game was huge like it was the most revenue they'd ever gotten for my game was that patriots game and uh slowly you know the team starts losing it happens with a lot of teams but especially in a small city uh, if you don't put a great product out, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the revenue you need. So hopefully they make the changes, but I don't want to go too on too much longer. But uh, that's <laughs> Eric. That's that's what I wanted to put on the heat. Yeah. Jack. So yeah, I, I I didn't think to mention the the discipline problems, but yeah, that's definitely been a problem too. I mean, it just feels like everything that could go wrong is going wrong right now, and. I don't know, man. I I mean, y'all know, like, when I play 2K and Madden, I blow it up, like, but, you know, and I, obviously it's, like, unrealistic and Madden and stuff, like, the way we blow up these trades and all that stuff, but, like, <laughs> but the, the Jaguars need to make some serious changes, though, for real. It, it, it's time. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I hope you're wrong with the, yeah. you know, possibly keeping Marone on too long, or, like, I obviously, I hope that's they, wrong. They, they, they won't. They won't. I mean... Connor doesn't think they will, but... <laughs> no, um, no, because... That's what I was going to say is that, like, you know, you can lock that Doug Marone is going to be gone after this season. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be fired tomorrow morning when Eric wakes up, but I we would have already known that. If that was yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so 
but the end of the season, Doug Marone's going to be gone. And so I say, you can lock that. I don't, I'm not going to lock this, but I do think that Tom Coughlin is also going to be gone. I think they've just had enough of him. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my thing with the whole disciplinary problem is that like, I think it's more so just some of the personalities that the Jaguars have on their team that, because I don't know if it's necessarily Coughlin's approach Because if you look at, I think a good example is the Bills, because the Bills were the most penalized team in the league when Rex Ryan was their head coach. And he had that whole Gus Bradley, like, oh, you know, it's it's all good, man. Like, give me a hug. Like, you know, go go try next time, whatever, you know, that sense of thing. But as soon as Sean McDermott came in, he was like, you know, okay, he took all the stuff out of the facilities, like no more pool tables, no more, you know, TVs, like, no more, whatever. I think it was, like, the only thing he left was, like, a ping-pong table because, like, I can't remember what the reasoning was, but it was was some reason I thought was pretty cool why he kept it, but that was, like, the only thing he left. He'd take out, like, all the pool tables, all the TVs, all the stuff like that. And, I mean, the Bills, I mean, look at the Bills now. I mean, you know, some people might think, which, I mean, I semi-agree that their 8-3 and record is a bit overblown, but, I mean, you know, they're not the most penalized team in the league anymore. You can't so, argue the results they're getting. I mean, yeah, they, they certainly don't have discipline problems anymore. So I think it's, unfortunately for the Jaguars, they just have a lot of hotheads on their team right now. And obviously Jalen Ramsey, they got rid of one of them with Jalen Ramsey, but it seems clear that they still haven't gotten rid of all of them. Um, I, I but, think it's it's a coach. To me, I think it's coaching. Like, for, They're supposed to be disciplinarians, but for whatever reason, it's just they're just like – defiant of them they just don't buy in like i mean mcdermott's younger so at least i think they can relate to him a little bit more but like uh i don't know it's just to me that's a coaching thing if you're a coach that's one of your main things is you gotta fix that like that's that should be your one of your main jobs is to yeah. discipline the team you know so and they did all those things too they you know tc he like he he took away the ping pong tables all that stuff like he you know people didn't mm-hmm. like that but and it's not working out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that lock's going to come true, Connor. I, I hate to say it, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the season, but uh, but yeah. 